I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Oh my God, Andy, I'm so sorry. Sorry about that now. I, I mean, is there anything Make he can you do know. in the meantime or does he just no. have to... Except no. the fact that you're a failure, Andy. That's the only thing I can do for you now uh, uh, this evening. Um, we got one. Hi, I'm Elaine from Santry. Good evening. Will I travel soon? That sounds like a Magic 8-Bot question. Will you travel soon? Okay, hang on now. I'm going to shake it. Oh. This also, Elaine, unfortunately is not the answer you're probably looking for. Oh. Two, two words. Don't dare. <laughs> That's all Are that came sure? back. Don't dare. Are you sure you're not using the Minister for Health's Magic 8-Ball here now? No. Don't, Don't dare. dare. Unless it is necessary to a green-listed country... Well, unfortunately, there you go. It looks like you're no, not going to travel. No, it didn't travel. say that. It didn't say. It just said, "Don't dare." It don't dare travel soon. Don't dare. Don't dare. Uh, last one in here now. Message from uh, Derek on oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Lads, are we going into a second full lockdown? <laughs> right. I think you know what. Let Let's uh, judge and predict national policy during the COVID-19 pandemic by using a Magic 8-Ball. So are we going into a full second lockdown? You'll hear it here first on Room 104. Sisha, what does your Magic 8-Ball say? Okay. Oh, this is good. This is positive. Kind of. No. Why would we do that? There we go. There you go. Great news, Why would we go back in? Why Why would we we do that? Why would we do that? Derek, why would we do that? There's absolutely no point in this. We're just going to lock down Kildare, Offaly and Leash for the next foreseeable future. We don't need a full lockdown. Job no done. one lives there first. anywhere. It doesn't matter. Nothing <laughs> happens in Offaly, Kildare or, or Leash anyway, so it's fine. Apologies if you're in Kildare right now or Offaly or Leash. Um, but you're not in Dublin. Yeah. So. <sighs> God, that was, right. that was an interesting mix, wasn't it? We have one more final, one more final oh. one if we want to take it. Okay, go on. Yeah, we will. Lads, really important one. My mom has just been brought into hospital to be induced. What's the sex of the baby? We don't know yet. Oh, this is tough. 
Now, what will we do? Will I turn over one card and determine it from that? Or do you want to ask it to the Magic 8-Ball? You know, I don't think we'll ask the Magic 8-Ball as it's quite specific. I think a card reading for this one will be more... Just one card, though. Just one one card, Just one card, yeah. Because maybe it might give you a little inkling as to what direction this baby's going to (laughs) go. Ugh... Oh, I got a very, I got a very horrible card. Oh no! What's what's it saying? What's it showing? Speak to us. It's it's showing a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Turns out right. This, this this isn't bad. Okay, so. It's bones, skeleton, it's bones, but what it signifies is significant new life-changing events. And in this skeleton, there is a butterfly. Now, oh, in my that's pretty. stereotypical gender-conforming notion, I'm going to say a butterfly is slightly more feminine. I think so too, yeah. And I'm just oh, feeling lovely. that girl, you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have, your mother's going to have a girl, so you're going to have a sister. Oh, that's lovely. And now, when you do have uh, a sister, you're going to have to call her Sersha because we gave you the reading <laughs> and if it was a boy, it'd be Cormac and it has to be Sersha. So, um, yeah, it's great. Just name. know that if you call it Sersha between the ages of 13 to 24, <laughs> your life will be hell. I okay? would say, I would say honestly, 14 to 29. Yeah. Yeah. Around that. Yeah, probably that. Anyway. Uh, listen, we'll do that again next week. Thank you for your texts and messages. If anything happens in the meantime significant that you need a reading with, do let us know and we will mark it down. 0876797104. On the way, we'll be chatting to author and psychologist Dan P. McAdam about why your memories peak between the ages of uh, 20 to 30, that you don't really remember anything significant after the age of uh, 30. And he'll also, we might ask him, he's written a book about the psychological profile of one Donald J. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. Cormac and Saoirse here. I hope your evening is going well. Um, your memories apparently will peak. This is your memories about yourself and your own life experiences and it turns out that our memories inform part of who we feel that we are. But did you know what age your memories seem to peak at or between what age, I should say? Uh, there's a certain age range that before them, you don't really care too much about your memories and after them, well then, uh, they're not too important either. It's called the reminiscent bump. When you're drawing back on positive memories, especially about yourself and different things that inform who you you are as a person uh, you only lean on memories between a certain age range to tell us a little bit more about wh- what is this thing called the reminiscent bump what exactly are those years when you look at the the studies that show us joining us now on the line he's a professor of psychology he's a professor of education and social policy over in the northwestern university he's authored a great number of books about uh, some fascinating individuals and people who we might ask him one or two questions about that before we wrap up uh, professor dan p mcadams sir how are you i'm fine it's nice to be here thank you what exactly 
exactly is reminiscent boom? It's all about memory. You know, when we look to the past, what do we remember? And we, we tend to remember things from recent, and then as you go back in time, you remember less and less. Except there's this bump, there's this increase in your memory, and it's things that happen to you, I don't know, maybe between the ages 15 and 25, you know, so in your late teenage years, early 20s, mid-20s, that period of time seems to be really rich with lots of memories, positive and negative, but important memories that people seem to latch onto and they and those memories stay with them pretty much for the rest of their lives. Does that kind of shape somebody then to what they kind of will be like in the future? If they had a really bad time of their teenage years, would that negatively affect them later on? Well, it could. I mean, uh, it's more a matter of how we kind of put together these ideas into a story for our lives. And... Uh, one of the reasons people think that there are these uh, that there is this reminiscence bump is that that's around the time in a person's life in their late teens and early 20s when you're starting to ask these questions like who am I and how do I fit into the world and so you're really tuned in at that time in your life to these events and so yeah I mean if you have a lot of negative events during that particular time in your life it can sort of color the story that you create but also the, where you are at the time of your memory age 40 50, 60, what's going on in your life at that time, that also colors how you remember those events from that reminiscence bump period. Is part of the reason why 15 to 25, is that because of, would it be puberty as well? Is that your brain is literally on fire and forming itself during those years as well? Yeah, I think there's about there's a couple different things going on. One is that a lot of stuff happens. Important yeah. stuff happens between 15 and 25. I mean, Just you know, a lot of people... <laughs> yeah, right. You often leave home during that time. People go off to college or they go off to work or, you know, there's big transitions occurring. People often meet important individuals. Maybe you get married. Maybe you partner up during that time. Your first date, your driver's license. All these things occur, a lot of firsts uh, that sort of mark the transition from the teenage years to the adult years. So that's one of the reasons. I mean, it's just a period in most people's lives that is rich with significant events, more so than maybe other decades during one's life. So that's one reason. The other reason, though, I think, is that this is the time in your life, and this has to do with brain development, but also with what society expects. This is the time in your life when you are sort of coming to terms with who you are going to be going forward. You're developing an identity, and one of the things I study in my research is how people begin to create a story for their lives at that time in their late teens and early 20s what we call a narrative identity and it is for that reason too that you know suddenly you're becoming like an author and you're putting together this great story about your life and here's all this material that's occurring at that time so that's a reason too that's uh, it's really interesting the way I, you know reading some of the stuff and about these memories and how important they are not realizing how much your memories like you say this narrative storytelling or this narrative identity that they're the things you lean on to inform you of who you are as a person which is starting to get a bit you know a bit deep but it's interesting how memories impact who you are now or what you even choose to remember to say i'm not that type of person or i am that type of person yeah well they go both ways so your memories do to a certain extent determine who you are now but at the same time who you are now to a certain extent determines your memory i mean memories aren't fixed 
in time. It's not like playing back a video recording. They change. Your memories of age 15, 16, 17, they change as you grow up and get older and so forth. And that current moment, you know, what's going on in your life right now, later in life, that shapes how you how you remember the past too. So it's back and forth. You have the past changing as well, and that has an effect on you. But at the same time, you looking back, you're transforming the past to a certain extent over time. Now, it's not like, you know, everything's up for grabs. There are certain facts about your life that you know, and those don't change. But the way you interpret them, the coloring of them, uh, what we call autobiographical reasoning, how do you make sense of those memories from the past, that changes a lot over time. Because I would have said personally now, I would have blocked out that time period in my life because it wasn't (laughs) the greatest experience. But you know what's weird? Like, I wouldn't have very strong memories of my early 20s, but I would remember songs that were out during that time and where I might have been during those types of songs. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, they've actually done research on that and people sort of imprint on that period. So songs, fashion and so forth. It's like, yeah, that was my time and those songs stay with you and Unfortunately, sometimes those fashion choices stay with you, too, as it turns out, <laughs> as people. <laughs> I had a graduate student once who said, you can always tell how old somebody is, you know, because, like, for men, at least back when men wore ties, and that is, people, the men tend to wear ties for the rest of their lives, ties that were in fashion when they were 20 years yeah. of age. And so I, yeah. I don't know too much about tie fashion, but, I mean, he was convinced that that was a universal truth. How impactful, then, when you talk about this kind of narrative and this, you know, you're figuring out how to interpret your past to kind of maybe come up with a, a new or a changed or an improved version of your, your kind of present self but how how powerful is it how how much benefit can somebody get from maybe engaging with techniques and strategies like that yeah so this is something that has really become a big idea in psychology over the last decade or two and that is that in addition to our personality traits and our goals and values and all these really important parts of ourselves there's also these stories that we have in our minds about who we are and how we came to be and where our lives are going. And these stories are just as much a part of our personality as are our traits and our you know goals and values and so forth. And we tend to work on these stories. And, and a lot of the change that occurs in terms of personality development, even the kind of change that happens in psychotherapy, is mainly about changing your story, working on how you interpret your past and make sense of the future. And there's a lot of good that can come from that. You know, it doesn't solve all your problems, but but a lot of uh, the, you know the misery and the, and uh, that we experience in life has something to do at least with the kind of narrative we create from it. Of course, there are real facts on the ground. There are really true experiences that have an impact. But to a certain extent, how we tweak them, how we interpret them, can have an impact on uh, changing our lives and hopefully sometimes for the better. And is there any other stage in our lives that we come across this kind of bump? But then obviously the older you get, you're still changing. Is there another kind of part two of your life that it comes back? There's always part two. There's always a chance for part two. I mean, there are always second chances, third chances up until, you know, pretty much the end. But there's no other period really that stands out like for most people like that late teen, early 20 period. Of course, every life is different. I mean, and so somebody may go through a really important transformation, say in their early 40s, right? I mean, just something happens. Maybe they meet a new person, their life changes in a big way. Maybe their parents pass away 
away, and that has a very important impact on them. Every life is unique, and we all have these special moments that stand out, and they can happen pretty much any time in your life. But what is tends to be shared by most individuals nonetheless is this special resonance, this special like feeling we have about our late teens and 20s. And so I don't want to suggest that, you know, that particular period is determinative. Important things can happen at any point, but it is sort of interesting that regardless of how much you change going forward, there's a special spot in your story for those late teen, early 20 years. I think, Saoirse, the secret will be to when you're 70 to just go back to college again and just go out and get hammered every night of the week and then just start, you know, kissing new boys and, and doing things like that and having waking up in a bush again going, I haven't done this since I was 19 years of age. Amazing. Yeah. And, and maybe you'll... Well, it's funny. That, it, it, you know, I'm a college professor, so, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm with these students all the time and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, when you get older, you can go back to college and you're thinking about getting drunk and going in the bushes and so forth. And I'm thinking of that too, but I'm also thinking about those great books I read when I was in college <laughs> that were wasted on me because I didn't really get yeah. it, you know? I mean, like I was a little distracted and so sometimes, you know, a college education is wasted on the youth. As we get older, some people like to go back and kind of redo that and take those classes and have those experiences. And, you know, it's not the same second time around, of course, but sometimes it can be a little better. There'll be an influx of this now because a lot of people will, will you know, will hear your story, maybe read your research, and then like spring break over there will be full of 70 and 80 year olds in a few years' time with people trying to recapture and relive their youth. It'll just be uh, broken hips everywhere. It won't be as, uh, as much intense fun. And Professor, uh, before we let you go, you've authored a huge amount of books, and I just wanted to um, pick your brain very quickly on one. You probably know which one I'm going to ask you about because you dedicated a certain amount of time to publishing a book called The Strange Case of Donald J. Trump, A Psychological Reckoning. And I know we could probably talk about this for hours. But in, in summary, from looking at the man who's in charge of the free world at the moment, what were some of the most interesting or peculiar things you would have found about him and his identity and his personality? I am so happy you asked about that. <laughs> but I'll be very <laughs> brief here. It's a new book, by the way, just out by with Oxford University Press. Here's the big idea when it comes to Donald Trump. He doesn't have a story in his head. He's different from almost everybody else on the planet, I would argue, in that he never created for himself, himself a narrative identity, a story in his mind about how he came to be and where his life is going. He is instead the episodic man who lives in the current moment and only in the moment. There is no past pretty much in his head. There is no future pretty much in his head. I mean, not that he doesn't have memory. He has memory, but it's not like your memory or my memory. Mr. Trump has no reminiscence bump. There is no period in his life that he cherishes from the past. He is instead like, instead like a boxer in the ring, and he is fighting every moment to win the moment. And the boxer in the ring, he can't stop and say, let me think about when I was 15 or 18 or 20, yeah. or let me think about the historical sweep. It's none of that for Mr. Trump. He's right here now in the moment, almost as if he has very little memory and very little forward thinking either. It's a scary proposition and a very strange case, psychologically speaking. Do you know what you're nearly describing? Isn't that like the ideals behind mindfulness, that he is the ultimate practitioner of being in the moment <laughs> and in the now, and he's ruining everything? That's very good. It's an interesting comparison. In some ways, it is like mindfulness being very much in the moment, but, but with mindfulness, there's a piece to that, and there's a sense of harmony and focus. In Mr. 
Mr. Trump's case, it's fury and rage in the moment. He is like the boxer fighting to win every moment. He has to win every moment. Uh, he can't tolerate not winning every moment. So in that way, it's not like mindfulness. <laughs> Living in the fight or flight mode. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's always fight and it's always victory one after another. And it changes from one day to the next. So if he can say something on Monday that helps him win on Monday, he'll say that. And then on Tuesday, he can say the opposite because on Tuesday, it's a different day and he's fighting a different fight. And so there are a lot of things about him that are peculiar that you know, Americans just can't quite wrap their mind around. Like, how can a guy lie like this day in and day out? Say one thing on Monday, say another thing on Tuesday. Tuesday, when the whole world, including his supporters, know he's making it up. The reason? He's the episodic man. He's different on Tuesday. He's fighting a different fight on Tuesday than he was on Monday. And it's as as if Monday didn't even exist. So not only is there no reminiscence bump when it comes to Mr. Trump, there just ain't much by way of memory, period. I mean, like, there are very few scenes from his past that he'll go back and tell you about. And people have noted this for 50 years, really. And he's been in the public eye since the 1970s. But no one's ever really kind of put it together psychologically before. Do you think it's done purposely, though? No. It is who he is. Mr. Trump does it the same way all the time. He plays the role. It's Donald Trump playing Donald Trump every day, day in and day out. So when I think of purpose, I think of some sort of long-term plan, you know? There's no long-term plan. He's right there winning all the time. So, yeah, he's doing it, if you will, on purpose, but there's no long-term strategy. He's not thinking, you know, I'm just going to focus today because I know I can accomplish something today and then tomorrow I'm going to do something else. He's not thinking about tomorrow. He's not thinking about Thursday or Friday or whatever. He's not thinking about the distant past or the or the, or the the future. He's right there, again, like the boxer in the ring. And it's just, most people don't live life that way and it's very peculiar and yet it works for him. It gives him a certain charisma and power in the moment that no other politician can manage. So on the one hand it's a good thing for him because he probably wouldn't be president if it weren't for this kind of thing. On the other hand, it's the worst possible leadership strategy you can have, especially, say, now during a time of COVID-19, because you need a long-term strategy to beat the virus. And Mr. Trump, he's in it for the short term. He's in it for today. Well, well yeah, it's, it's interesting when you put it together like that, it kind of shines a new light on him. And uh, we'll have a few more months at least anyway, seeing how he gets on. But uh, listen, Professor Dan P. McAdams, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you here this evening. Again, if you want to delve into a little bit more about the psychological mind frame of uh, people like uh, Mr. Donald J. Trump, the strange case of Donald, a- Donald J. Trump, a psychological reckoning, is available on uh, Kindle and in all good bookshops as well. Uh, listen, Professor, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million for coming on FM 104, and we will chat to you again soon. Thank you very much. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104, just chatting with someone there who was doing a psychological evaluation of Donald J. Trump. And uh, a few comments. It sounds like Donald Trump is an evil version of Groundhog Day. I'm Alan might be, yeah? Uh, someone else said, wait till Sleepy Joe wins. He is losing his memory. I, I always, you know, we, we don't obviously talk about that kind of political stuff, but I always find it funny that how Joe Biden, a 70-year-old man, is their only is their best alternative I know. to uh, how to, to Donald. Well, I'm no, say it here, like, unless Kanye West comes through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're still holding that hope for, for if Sleepy yeah. Joe doesn't win, maybe Kanye can come in and just swoop up the vote. I mean, he probably won't. 
And if he does run, he'll probably be the reason, one of the reasons why Trump comes uh, gets back in. But I'm, I'm going to call it here and just say that uh, Trump is going to get re-elected. I think he will as well, which is just unfortunate and shocking in itself. But your luck. Yeah, there we go. Listen, listen. Maybe we'll be proved wrong because 2020 is the year where no one has a clue what's going on, and no one. And everyone was convinced he wasn't going to get elected, and he got elected. Now everyone's convinced. Well, I said a lot of people are convinced that he is going to get elected, myself included. So maybe we're going to be wrong, and maybe he won't. But anyway, we'll find out sooner rather than later. Now, before the end of the show, do we have maybe a quick question that we can go to to wreck everyone's heads with before we yes. get out of here for a Thursday evening? We do, yeah. So the average person spends two and a half days a year doing what? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, regretting life decisions. That's a good one, actually. That is actually a good one. Regretting Two and a half life days. decisions. I'd I'd in the fetal position, just going, yeah, yeah. The fear is quite uh, strong in me oh, now after, after a night out. Uh, but no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. So the average person spends two and a half days a year doing what? Right. What are you doing? Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Two and a half days a year. What are you spending two and a half days a year of your life doing? If you think you know what it is, drop us in a WhatsApp. We'll take us a couple of your guesses next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104. Tomorrow, all day on FM 104, it's our free Friday. We'll give you the chance to win a case of Red Bull Zero every single hour. Not just once, every single hour tomorrow, full of wings, free of sugar. So all you need to do is tune in to the station all day tomorrow and you could be in with a chance of getting that. You can share them with the people you work with, but there's absolutely no legal obligation for you to do that. You can just keep them all for yourself. But a case of Red Bull Zero Every single hour to give away tomorrow on F104 is free Friday. The question before the break was, Saoirse. The question is, the average person spends two and a half days a year doing what? 
087-6797-104. Ryan thinks it's sitting on a toilet and so too does Lucian. Now, see, I don't know if that's a short amount of time a year or a long amount of time a year. I can imagine you shouldn't be spending two and a half days, full days of your life on a toilet. <laughs> on the toilet. I don't know, though, now you, just, you bring your phone in there now and you just lose track of time. Uh, do you really go in there now for a long time? I'll tell you what, right, I went I into the bathroom earlier on and then I realised, I was walking into the toilet and I realised that I had, in fact, left my phone on the table. So I stopped, turned around, went, grabbed it, went in and ended it. No, you didn't. I did, yeah. You left the bathroom to get your phone? Yeah. I was walking around the kitchen with my cacks around my ankles, no, just going you... over, shuffling over, getting my... There was wee going everywhere, and I was just, sorry, I just forgot my phone. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet you so many people do that. It's horrific. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. all such animals. Um, no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. Right, okay. It, oh, is, it is as, you know, um, time-wasting. I would say, like you'd be okay. annoyed having to do this. So it's not, it's not, it's not productive by any shape. Oh no. Okay, two and a half days a year doing what? Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. So it's not sitting on the toilet. Is it waiting at a red traffic light? Now, if you drive in around Dublin, um, maybe I was going to say the M50. There's no lights in the M50, but if you if you drive in and around Dublin for work, you're definitely spending at least that. At least that a year. And that comes in from Sean. That's a good guess. I would uh, honestly be saying you'd be spending six months of your life sitting at a red light. Um, that's how bad Dublin can be. It's not the answer I'm looking for. No. And this is something that everyone does. Regardless of age, location, profession. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's um, six, seven, nine, seven, one, four. Oh, this is a good one. Is it two and a half days a year daydreaming? And that comes in from Bernie. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, it's not the answer. No, that's a good, good question. Though I wonder, would you spend that long daydreaming? I'd wonder, yeah, if you added it. Because you, you would do it probably a lot more than you think in a day, but it would be a short amount of time. Do you know what I mean? It could be ten seconds. Yeah, but you do it. Sir. Yeah. It could all add up over time. So unfortunately, mm. not the right answer, but a good guess nonetheless. Alan has said, is it watching your phone ring until it stops because you, because you don't want to answer it? Oh. oh, that's a good one, yeah. Or your alarm. How many times does your alarm go off and you leave it just go off that bit too long? Like, do you ever leave your alarm and don't turn it off and then it starts turning really strange? Like no. the usual tone of your alarm changes into something dramatic Why? or... It starts kind of changing up its tune a little I, bit. Well, why, why, why do you leave your alarm ring? Do you not just turn it off and go back to sleep? There was a time where I'd leave it on the other side of the room purposely so I'd get up. And then this one time I just couldn't. You know those days where you cannot get up? Mm-hmm. Like nothing will get you up. Not even like a, a fire in the house. You just, you're just <laughs> staying in bed and that's that. Yeah, well, yeah. it was on the other side of the room and I just left it. And then it ended up making a really strange noise. Like the, the ringtone or the text uh, alarm tone that I had was one thing. And then if you leave it, after two minutes, it starts playing this really weird thing. So it's getting real aggro with you. Yes, you, you should try it, actually. It's interesting. 
Just on, on a normal phone. No, my phone, just it gets slightly louder, but it doesn't get weird. It doesn't go off the wall. No, but I bet you, you haven't left it till the end. Oh, it's like having a secret track on an old album back in the day. You leave the song playing 12 minutes and all of a sudden there was a sneaky extra song on the album. Exactly. Except this is an alarm. Oh, you're with me. Yeah, yeah. this is a, a really head-wrecking alarm. Uh, okay. Um, right, 0876797104. You're spending two and a half days every single year doing this. Apparently, we all do it. It's not productive. It's not a, a very good thing, I suppose. Not very no. useful. To, is, is it useful? I mean... Technically, yes. Right. But the fact that you need to do it, you don't, you shouldn't need to do it. The end goal, hopefully, is a positive. We shouldn't need to do it. Okay. You're spending two and a half days a year doing what? What do you think it is? Have a guess. 0876797104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Sir here on Room 104. Reminder, your free Friday is tomorrow, all day on FM 104, a case of a Red Bull Zero every single hour to give away. So uh, all the wings, none of the sugar, happy days. You can shoot in tomorrow. Uh, ben will be kicking that off and you'll have everyone, every single hour, giving you a chance to win a case of Red Bull. Job done. Uh, we best give away, well, best give the answer to this question, the question which was? Yes, you spend two and a half days a year doing what? Mr. Marley wants to get himself in trouble this evening and sleep on the couch. He has said, listen to my girlfriend. Ah, oh, Mr. Marley. I really now, want to know to who your, Mr. Marley is. Is it listen to your girlfriend complain or give out? Because if you're only listening to your girlfriend for two and a half days a year, you're not in a relationship, Mr. Marley, at all. No. Well, I have a feeling Mr. Marley is elsewhere, usually. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, that's not the answer, Mr. Marley, but thank you for your input. Um, so it's it's an annoying thing when you find this out you're going to think oh I can't believe I waste that many days doing, doing this, this. Uh, Debbie has also said maybe Debbie is projecting and sharing a little bit too much uh, two and a half days a year picking your nose she thinks now Debbie that's unhygienic uh, especially in 2020 you need to be washing your hands never touching your face let alone your nose so no you're that's not leave, the right answer you got to leave them all up there Jacinta said social media. Ray has said... Ray is out in the night shift this evening. Ray, Ray, what are you doing? Are you yeah. security? Are you working in a factory somewhere? Are you welding things in a warehouse? Let us know what you're at, Ray. Um, is it deciding what to eat two and a half days a year, kind of going, oh, I, just, I don't know if I want Chinese or if I want pizza or if I want a takeaway? As in no, but I wouldn't say it's far off that. And I think that's kind of a nice thought, isn't it? I know it can be frustrating. It's a bit like Netflix trying to pick something to watch, but at least there's something good coming from it. Yeah. It's an exciting thing. It's like it's like online shopping. Mm. It's enjoyable. Uh, that's not the answer. Is social media the answer? No. No. Two and a half days a year putting on your shoes, which is a random one. That is very random. I don't know how long it takes people to put on their shoes, but I hope all in all it doesn't take two and a half days a year. Yeah. No, and that's it, not the answer. Yeah. Ibrahim has said, is it brushing your teeth? No. No, that's not the answer. <laughs> Has anyone guessed this correctly? No. Uh, I don't know. One person might have, but Eric has just sent in a message. He says, two and a half days a year hungover. Eric, are you trying to tell us that you only go out two and a half times a year? That makes me feel sick already, even the thoughts of that. Like, that feeling is woeful. 
Mm. I, I can imagine it would be at least two and a half days a year. Because always drink responsibly, Saoirse. Then you never have a hangover. Oh, that's very drink true. That I but you know, sometimes you know you could have one responsible drink of white wine, and I'll be fine. One responsible drink of red wine, and I'm not so fine. See, one drink, you're just considering the entire bottle as one drink. No, no, I'm not. I'm responsible drinking. Oh, sorry, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the last one, stuck in traffic, we've had, Alan, already, unfortunately, not the answer. Well, stuck in traffic, stuck at a red light, we'll say it's the same thing. Boiling the kettle, Sean, again, with another guess. Uh, is it that? No. Okay, no, I think not. maybe Dan, friend of the show, Dan, who we've known, Dan, we've known, we've, you know, we've known each other quite a while now. He has said, it has to be looking for stuff. Two and a half year, days a year, just looking for crap you've left around the house. Is that correct and right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You spent well two and a half days. What? I'm saying well done to Dan. Well done to Dan. Amazing. Yeah. But you spent two and a half days a year looking for things you lost. I always try, like, I've said this so many times where, you know, when you're going out the door and you're, yeah. you're, you're, not that you're late, right? You're not late as soon as you go, go. You've kind of timed it to perfection where you're like, if I leave now, everything will be fine. You might have five minutes to spare, kind of. Yeah. You got five minutes yeah. either side of it. And then all of a sudden you realize that oh, I can't find my keys. Yeah. And then you're, you're having rows with every single person in the house because you're blaming them for losing your keys. You're like, where did you put them? Yeah, like, I, I left them on just... the stairs and now they're not on the stairs anymore. Where did you put them? So you, you blame everyone else in, a, in an angry rage other than yourself. You start, you know, you're ending relationships, telling your children that you don't love them because they've stolen their keys and that they weren't wanted and no one loves them anymore. Uh, and then, you know, you add another 10 minutes onto that. I, I constantly wind up doing that, right? It's my wallet. It's my keys. You do know my phone. Use my wallet and my keys. And uh, the wallet might be under a massive pile of clothes in the bed or in a, a jacket pocket somewhere. And I'm always like, no, 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 do you know what I'll do? I'll just designate an area, an area in the house where every night I will make sure I put my keys and my wallet and my phone there so that I never have to waste hours and hours and hours and hours again. And do you think you do it? Nah. No. No. We never, ever, ever learn, do we? Two and a half days a year, just that's so depressing and miserable, just looking for stuff. Just looking for stuff. And you know how stressful it is looking for stuff. Like, there's one thing going, I, I have 50 euros somewhere and I wonder where it is. It's kind of, it's not essential. You're trying essential to rub that in. I have lost 50 euro and I literally you can't have, find it. I know, but unless that was your last 50 euro and you're panicking because you cannot eat. No, it's not your last 50 euro. But if it was and you can't eat unless you had the money, you'd be stressed and panicking nonstop. But because it's just something that obviously you you know you've missed, but it's somewhere around the place, you're not frantic. Whereas if it's your car keys and you need to be somewhere for a certain uh, time, yeah. there's nothing worse than that. Or your purse or your phone. Yeah, two and a half days a year. What could you have been doing with those two and a half days? Some people who lose things an awful lot are spending a hell of a lot more. That's the average. So I imagine some people are spending a good week just looking for stuff. I definitely spend way longer than that. I lose do everything. Do you know what I wonder as well, right? So looking for physical things, I wonder how long you spend uh, looking for stuff like on your laptop or on your computer. You know the way you save things? Yeah, and I'm true. terrible for this, like especially if we're having to record mixed down audio or podcasts or whatever. I never really 
You know, some people are super organized and they have a folder for everything and they have subfolders yeah. for everything and they organize everything together. Like, I'll be mixing them podcasts for the show and I have no idea where I've saved them and go to upload them and I'm like just scanning through folders going, oh, it's in here somewhere. Like, hours must be wasted on that. Oh, 100%. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, need, that's very frustrating. Some, we need someone to sort out our lives and get that out. Well, listen, uh, uh, Dan, you've got that correct and right. Well done. Two and a half uh, days of your lives days of all of our lives wasted on uh, looking for things. Just look, at least hopefully you'll find something at the end of it. Um, but thanks for that text. Congratulations, Dan. Uh, some good news as well before we wrap up here this evening for McDonald's lovers. I was going to say you might be in the queue this evening. I know, did someone say the one in Liffey Valley or maybe just, was it open kind of late? I don't know if any of them are open past 10 o'clock. Maybe they are. Um, I'm not sure yet. I don't know if any of them are back 24 hour. I will happily be corrected with that, no problem, but I don't think they are. Uh, the Chicken Legend and the Double Quarter Pounder with Cheeseburgers are back on the menu and Beautiful. are now available to order. So, round of applause for everyone. Yeah, that's great. Sorting that out. That, that is that's absolutely great. I have, to, uh, I have to end on a high before we uh, go anywhere, but there you go. Um, if you missed any of this evening's show, by the way, it is uh, available. On, it will be available just afterwards on the Room 104 podcast, uh, along with the interviews with uh, Tiernan, who was... A camp or who te- is part of an organization that will test your pills and your drugs at festivals and music venues to see if what you're about to put in is going to kill you. It's called The Loop. We are the loop.org. It's a charity non profit organization that's trying to reduce harm. Very interesting interview. And then a very interesting interview with Dan McAdams, who wrote an entire book on the psychology, the inner workings of Donald Trump's mind. And it, w- it was actually a really interesting, fascinating conversation. So they will be, uh, they're up right now, actually, by the way, on the Room 104 podcast. If you missed them, you're looking for something to listen to tomorrow. And uh, we will be back from the later time tomorrow night uh, at 10 o'clock after Freaks on Friday with the legend that is Al Gibbs. Free Friday tomorrow with loads of cases of Red Bull Zero to give away uh, on the hour, every hour. Um, cheers for tuning in this evening. And as always, Ihawa. Ihawa. We will talk to you tomorrow at 10. Otherwise, take it easy. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.